We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and man he is today. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, being a husband and a girl dad, sports, music, culture, and family life. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris each week wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I am Kyle Fellows, and I am here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig. It is Friday. We are back. What's up, Andrew? How you doing? Yeah, it's great to be back. This is episode 814 of the Pack-A-Day podcast. Uh, we, I, I think this is week two for us uh, under the Blue Wire podcast family, so yeah. we're, we're still excited to be with Blue Wire, and uh, what a great opportunity to grow this podcast even more. I know... You and I probably won't be allowed to be on the podcast the the day when we start doing like YouTube streams and stuff because we always laugh through the introduction. 
Uh, I'm making faces because the recording's not working properly, and 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 you're trying not to react to what I'm doing. But uh, true. it's great to be back. You know, last week we had Aaron Nagler on the show. I subbed on the Saturday episode, and I talked about you know the draft, which which is super crazy and, yeah. and ridiculous at this point in the year, and it's all really fun. But it was bye week, and there was a lot to review from the first four weeks, but now we get to move forward with the season, and there's a super intriguing matchup, of course, between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I believe this is the third time in their career that they're they're matched up head-to-head, um, and you got to get excited about this stuff. You don't see two Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing all the time, even though it feels like um, you know we're in the slew of, of, of this often. Um, you know, we get spoiled having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers back-to-back, but Man, this is special stuff, and and if you don't take a moment to appreciate it and just how cool it is, and you get bogged down in the minutia, <laughs> you're gonna miss an opportunity for something really special that you're gonna look back on in ten years. Yeah, absolutely. Two legends playing on Sunday for sure. Looking forward to that, and excited to have Packer football back. We got the early draw on the bye, so we were without that Packer football this past week. Going to be good to get back to Packer football. Andrew, we don't always, we're not a national show, we don't always get into news around the league so much, but it's worth noting things um, around the league because it does it impacts who the Packers may play eventually and so many other factors as well. So um, I believe there was one little note that we wanted to make at the top of the show today. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the big big news around the NFL this week was Le'Veon Bell getting released by the New York Jets, and um, we did find out earlier today, you know, we're recording this on Thursday night, uh, that Le'Veon is signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, which is an interesting addition. And, of course, they don't need any more weapons. And, (laughs) uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell certainly could be a weapon for them. Um, But I I just feel like, Kyle, this is bringing up some things. Sometimes you and I need to just have therapy sessions during the recording of this podcast. And what is it that I always say? You know, I'm going to get the T-shirt that has the acronym, Don't Pay Running Backs, and you're out here just advocating, let's give Aaron Jones all this money. Let's just <laughs> let's write him a blank check because uh-huh. I'm Kyle, and I love being reckless. Maybe <laughs> on Bell, yet another example, kids. Don't pay running backs. Oh, Ty Gurley, okay. David Johnson, maybe <clears throat> on Bell, don't pay running backs. I am upset that you put all of that on me and put those words in my mouth. No, I mean, to be clear, Aaron Nagler was closer to siding with me last week than he was with you. So let's uh, take that for what it's worth. He said that he was an idiot, I'm pretty sure, was his his language that he used to describe himself for why he feels like we should pay Aaron Jones. So that's the the quality of our analysis. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the bottom line is, Le'Veon Bell is a perfect example of why you may subscribe to the Never Pay Running Backs movement if you believe that you've started that in the Twitter sphere. But um, here's the thing. Aaron Jones is not the player who chases money. Aaron Jones is not the player that goes to a team because they will pay him the most money regardless of how bad that situation is and how bad the coaching staff is and how bad all those factors are which would immediately lead you to a scenario of regression 
for him. So, I mean, obviously you're correct in this example. Aaron Jones is a very different football player than Le'Veon Bell um, by itself. He's also a very different character person than I believe Le'Veon Bell is. So those things play in Aaron Jones' favor. But, I mean, this is, to your credit, a perfect example and case study of why you feel so strongly about never pay running backs. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. There is a big difference in, in the character factor. But, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell was, was the kind of running back a few years ago that, you know, was making waves in MVP conversations. Mm-hmm. He was so so impactful in both the running and the passing game. And certainly we're seeing that out of Aaron Jones. And, you know, my my I, I've said this on the show, so if, if people haven't heard this before, Aaron Jones – Aaron Jones is an amazing player. He's a better human being by all accounts. Everybody, you know, that I've ever heard talk about his character, phenomenal. He's a Packer person. If the Packers re-sign him, I'm going to be first in line, like, excited and, and mm-hmm. congratulatory. But I will be hoping that he is the exception to the rule. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing that the NFL draft has taught me over the years is you don't bank on people being exceptions to rules. Um, does it work out once in a while? Sure. Do you want to count on that all the time? No. And and historically, at least in recent history, the last 10 years, running backs who have gotten big contracts have not lived up to that. And, and mm. it's scary because it has long-term cap implications and you lose other players because of that. But anyways, that's not what today's show is about. <laughs> I'm going to let you kick it off. You let me, you let me run down the rabbit hole far enough, so I'll back yep. up. Everybody tunes in on Fridays just to see the status of our back and forth on Aaron Jones. That's what they're here for, so we give the people what they want. But uh, today, the Packers are back, and they are coming off of the bye, as we said. Sounds like all good news regarding COVID for this team, so that's the best kind of news coming right out of the bye. Uh, But Green Bay gets back to the road trips this week. They get to go to Tampa Bay to play the Tampa Toms. Oh, sorry, that is actually the Tampa Bay Bucks. I misspoke there. Um, And obviously this is a really talented football team and a team that many people have had high expectations for entering this 2020 season. So Andrew and I are back for another round of key matchups and X-Factors to help you get ready for Sunday's matchup of Rodgers versus Brady, even though those two players are never on the field at the same time. Andrew, would you like to get us started today? Yeah, I absolutely will. And, you know, you made a really astute point there. This isn't what we're talking about, but the the fact that the Packers came back with no positive COVID test really is a big a deal. Big deal. Yeah. And, and Aaron Nagler hit on that on the show last week about how that actually is really the key to the Packers' success the rest of the season. And we see them managing the situation better than any other, well, as well as any other team in the league right now, despite Green Bay and, and Wisconsin in general being a massive hotbed for positive COVID tests. So kudos to the Packers organization and, and really for the players for taking yeah. accountability there. And and you know being willing to listen to the recommendations of the coaching staff and organization. So um, we're talking about uh, key matchups on offense. And uh, Kyle, aren't I the guy historically? Like you and I have known each other for over two years now. I'm the guy who always gets distracted by shiny objects, right? Right. Like yet Aaron Jones's contract. 
Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. But it's like I'm the skills player guy. Like when it comes okay. to draft time, I am the guy who ranks DK Metcalf fifth overall in the draft because he's a shiny object, right? Like I love skill players, and yet here I am talking about interior offensive line play for like the fourth straight week. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I, I must be adulting here or something, but Vita Vea had been having a phenomenal season up to this point, but his injury is going to leave a huge hole on the Buccaneers' defense, and huge is being a literal term here. Uh, Vea was finally living up to the hype that made him a high first-round pick. He was really having a Kenny Clark-like impact on that Buccaneers' defense. And yeah, the Buccaneers still have Indomitian Sue, but he has turned more into a good player than a great player at this stage in his career. That is going to leave some talented but rather light edge players, and then William Golston, who is not a behemoth, uh, to try to match up with Corey Lindsley, Elton Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, and whatever else the the Packers offense is going to bring forward into that interior offensive line, and and that they've really been incredible thus far this season. I I think the Packers are going to need to have success up front, and I actually do believe they will in order to keep this offense humming the way that they have been through the first four games. Because I think establishing that inside running game really sets up a lot else of what they want to do. That off tackle stuff, the jet sweep motions, the play action. I, I think that has so much to do with, with keeping Aaron Rodgers upright and, and really having a lot of success. When when you're able to run up the middle, it opens up a lot of other avenues for your offense to be really good. All right, so I'm really proud of my producer right now because while you were talking, he was able to locate some really valuable information on Pro Football Focus. So props to our producer, um, which allowed me to listen very intently to everything that you just said. Um, but I also noted here, Pro Football Focus, you mentioned Vita Vea and the impact that he's having for that team. You mentioned the Kenny Clark like season, which made me go, no way. Like that's, that's really high praise because you know how much I talked about Kenny Clark every single week last year on the impact he was making. Vita Vea is the second highest graded defensive tackle for pro football focus prior to his injury. Not only is he having an impact as a run defender, because you think that big body, right, that's that's where he's going to be at. He was wrecking it as a pass rusher. He has one of the highest grades for a defensive tackle as a pass rusher as well. So huge impact for that defense. I did not know it was quite to that level. I knew he was playing well. But my goodness, I mean, that even amplifies the difference of him being out of this game and how much less chaos that offensive line will be dealing with on Sunday. So good point bringing up Vita Vea, Andrew, and I learned something about how well Vita Vea was playing. So, all right, I got to move on to my side here. Um, it has become my weekly tradition to talk about Packers wide receivers. So the one who talks about shiny objects has apparently moved over to my side of things. But uh, our listeners may be sick of it by now, but I am not. Because this week, we get Devontae Adams back, people. And we all know that he was frustrated about not being able to get on the field against the Falcons in Week 4. 
But I am super thankful that the Packers are not dealing with a Julio Jones type situation where an injury injury is reaggravated uh, because they went out and played. So I'm hoping that the extra week plus the bye week will allow Devontae to come back at full strength, and that will be a big deal because he's going up against Carlton Davis, the Tampa corner, who has played really well this season. He's been solid in coverage and has three interceptions on the season to boot. So clearly making some plays there in the secondary. Uh, But Carlton did miss practice on Wednesday uh, with an abdomen injury. So that's something to keep an eye on. I did not see his Thursday report. uh, But even if he does play, that's something that may linger and be an issue for him in the game. Um, But in general, this Adams-Davis matchup is one to watch for sure in this game. Uh, But I'll be watching MVS as well as kind of like the other side of this because we saw a lot of nice things from him over the first two weeks. And then with Devontae out, he really received a lot of attention from defenses, which really limited his production. So um, I'm excited to see, with Adams back on the field, if MVS is able to have a big impact on the game on Sunday, and if we get back to some of those deep shots we saw those first couple of weeks. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit and Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Yeah, and so then we're going to transition from the offensive key matchups into the defensive key matchups. And I just looked at my notes, Kyle, and I realized I'm about to pick offensive line again. What? Uh, <laughs> I'm the boring guy. Oh, nice. Talking about line play. What has become of me? Uh, I expect so much more from you. I know, right? Especially with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's so many other fun things to talk about. And I'm going to talk about Tristan Wirfs. Because guess what? (laughs) At my heart, I'm a draft guy. And Tristan Wirfs was somebody I really, really liked coming out of the draft. He's been fantastic out of the gate for the Bucs. I should say Tristan Wirfs, I will... Uh, but but the the first round pick has uh, done a really good job of being the plug and play tackle that the Buccaneers sorely needed to protect Tom Brady. Donovan Smith on the other side has also been pretty good so far. They they've both been solid. I mean neither one's spectacular, but uh, you know especially you talk about a rookie stepping in um, and playing on an island and, and worse has been exceptional. But they're certainly up for a challenge with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary. I. I kind of expect Preston to come out fresher than he has. You know, his his performance just hasn't been particularly notable so far this season. You can, you know, I know Andy Herman had him at a slightly negative grade so far, and 
I think he's going to come out, you know, hopefully he's he's refreshed after the bye, playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with with all that buzz about, you know, the supposed fall off this season. And he does have something to play for because there is an out on his contract at the yeah. end of this year. And Rashawn Gary should be back after an extra week to get healthy, and he will look to build off an excellent start for the first three games of the season. And I expect Z to continue getting freedom with Kenny Clark back, but with more opportunities for one-on-one matchups than he had when he was really the focal point in the middle of that defense. So facing the quarterback who isn't going to move out of the pocket creates a great opportunity for the edge rushers to go out and just haunt. And I love to see a little bit of John Garvin mixed in there to continue getting reps because he is that change of pace edge rusher that I've talked about a lot. And and I think the Packers can do a lot to create some confusion, create some challenges for, you know, two tackles who have been playing well, but certainly haven't had quite the challenge of the, the Green Bay Packers pass rush yet. Yeah, and it's interesting. Whenever we do these matchups uh, to watch, and then especially if we get into X factors, sometimes I pay attention to the opposing team's weaknesses as kind of a tip or a tell on where the Packers could find a bunch of success. And so I, I often look at like the tackles and uh, like to see if the edge registers are going to have a positive matchup there. And we haven't really seen Zadarius Smith come out and just take over a game like he was able to do a couple times last season. We're kind of waiting on that moment. And so I was kind of, I was like, okay, maybe this is the week. So I looked and I was surprised to see how well Tristan Wirfs is playing and how well Donovan Smith is playing. It's, they're not playing at a dominant, dominant level, but they're playing really, really solid football in a way that you're like, okay, they, this is not going to be a cakewalk again for these edge rushers, and maybe it's not the week that they you know, flip the switch and just dominate off the edge. So I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Gary and Z and Preston all have that week. Um, but the, the Bucks' offensive line and those tackles are playing really well, as you said. So uh, definitely something to watch there for sure. Uh, Kevin King is my guy here. He's one of the most interesting players on this team because fans love to hate Kevin King for whatever reason, which I think still goes back to the TJ Watt pick. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Time out in the podcast. What? Can can we, can I propose something that on the Friday episodes of Packaday, if somebody says TJ Watt, they have to do like 10 push-ups? I'm just so sick of hearing it. First of all, TJ Watt wasn't even the obvious pick. He wasn't even the obvious Wisconsin guy to be picked there. Ryan Ramchek was the obvious Wisconsin guy to be picked there. One of the best right tackles in football, but nobody ever talks about him because, hey, ooh, it's J.J. Watt's younger brother. He's so good. Yeah, he's not Clay Matthews at all and doesn't run around the edge and give up running lanes all the time. Okay, anyways, time in. Let's go back to Kevin King. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Oh, I, I was still doing my push-ups. Am I supposed to talk now? <laughs> no, I was proposing that oh. for the future. Oh, okay, gotcha. Good, good, good. All right. Yeah, and I think a lot of Packer fans conveniently forget how cautious people in the draft community were about being so sure T.J. Watt was going to be awesome just because it was the name. It was almost like the inverse effect that where they were like, you know, let's not project all of the all of the Watt name into that into that projection. So, yes, I will agree to forever strike T.J. Watt from future scripts. Let's let's we can we can we can agree to that. Um, but there is a fear that King will not be out there this week. And when that happens, even though Packer fans love to critique King and, and to uh, hate him in some ways, there is a sense that the sky is falling when he's not able to play. So which is it, Packer fans? Is he good and we need him, or are we mad that we picked him? Like, what is it going to be? So exactly that situation is what we find ourselves in this weekend. King has missed multiple days of practice this week dealing with a quad injury, so I think it's safe to say that his availability for Sunday is very much in doubt or up in the air at this point. So if that ends up being the case, we are probably talking about Josh Jackson matching up with potentially Mike Evans, which sounds terrifying in some ways. Um, Obviously, you like Jair's chances against anyone, and I think he's a good matchup with Chris Godwin, unless the Packers were to think that Chris Godwin's going to come back a little bit slower from that injury. Um, But, wow, I mean, I will be watching to see how the Packers handle the potential loss of Kevin King, and if it is Josh Jackson who gets his name called, how he handles that massive assignment um, with all of these Buccaneers receivers because it is a very, very good group. So lots to pay attention to here to see um, if Kevin King doesn't take the field, how the Packers deal with that loss. Yeah, and, and that would be a really disadvantage. <laughs> wow, I almost screwed that up. I That would be a big disadvantage to the defense to have to play safety coverage over the top of Mike Evans the entire game. Whereas if you have a healthy Kevin King, you can probably rely on him to be play one-on-one coverage right. at, at times, right? You're going to... You're going to give him help, um, but not on every play. Whereas right. if it's Josh Jackson, you may see a safety shading over the top all the time, which is going to open yeah. up the middle of the field. And if we know one thing about Tom Brady, it's that he likes to expose the middle of the field, and he will take what the defense gives him. Um, but that transitions us into X factors. And I really, 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 really wanted to pick A.J. Dillon again this week. I do think the Packers are going to work him into the game plan after the bye week, and and we are going to see him getting more carries as the season progresses. But my reputation is getting dinged by being wrong a few games in a row. And so I'm going to try to be a little bit safer this week, and I'm going to go with Chris Barnes. Tom Brady has had some issues with blind spots from underneath coverages, and Barnes has put some really nice things on tape staying disciplined and showing up where quarterbacks don't always expect them to be. There's going to be a lot of attention paid to the outside guys because, of course, you talked about it. Mike Evans and then Chris Godwin are really good, and the Packers may potentially be without Kevin King. So I would fully expect Brady to focus in on Scotty Miller and Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski and the bunch, and Barnes is going to have a challenge going up against a future Hall of Famer. But so far, he's really been up to the task. And I think he can have a successful week. So, you know, on those running back checkdowns, on those quick passes over the middle of the slot receiver, 
receivers and tight ends, I, I would expect Barnes to make an impactful play. And hopefully this time, when he makes the perfect read and the perfect coverage, the ball doesn't go through his hands for a reception. <laughs> so what are the chances of that? I mean, that was the craziest play ever. I was. Just it, it was such a good play. Like, you can't be mad about it. it yeah, it was just like, it, seriously, it it's a brilliant play. It, you know, it's one of those plays that you're like, that's just not fair that that happened. But, um... <laughs> I was gonna say you, you you point out like that you've had some bad luck with your your uh, uh, X factors the last couple weeks here, but how crazy is it that you say you're gonna go the safe route and pick someone like Chris Barnes, who two months ago would have been the most like ridiculous statement ever? You know, like how well is he playing that you can be like, you know, what, I think I can count on a pretty. Uh, reliable performance from this guy this week. That is an incredible testimony to how this guy is playing through the first several weeks of the season. What a a story for Chris Barnes. Do you remember, it was before uh, the late season matchup last last year between the Packers and the Bears, and, and I made a joke about how the Bears' backup linebackers were better than the Packers' starters, and that was a bad Bears team. It, it was Nick Kwiatkowski yeah. and I forget the Kevin Pierre Lewis or yeah the like the maybe. athletic guy yeah. Don't you feel like the Packers suddenly have four really good off ball linebackers? You have Kirksey, you have Chris Barnes, you have Ty Summers, and then we have no idea what Kamal Martin is. Right, but. The people I trust the most to evaluate talent had nothing but incredibly glowing things to say about him. And so I feel really comfortable with the Packers being four deep at that group. And that's not even including Oren Burks, who is an edge rusher now. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, he can play that role, too. He's, he's serviceable, if nothing else. And so um, it's it's so weird to, yeah. to go from that you know, less than a year ago to suddenly being like, yeah, I feel pretty comfortable with that depth. Yeah, and we've completely skipped the, oh, they're going to take time, you know, as a rookie to play into their potential. Like, we've just totally thrown that out the window and we've gone to the guys who probably should have had no business being on the field. So, yeah, you're right. We we feel pretty good about that group right now. You feel really good about the future of the position because they're all young guys with a lot of upside. So exciting, exciting stuff to have positive things to say about the Packers off-ball linebacker situation for the first time in, in a while, I think we could say. Um, but I've got a weird X-factor for us this week. I'm going to say that Corey Lindsley dominates in this game. And I know that very seldom does a center get the attention from broadcasters during a game. But as you mentioned, Vita Vea, the Bucks defensive tackle, is not playing in this game. He's on IR uh, with an injury. And uh, this is true for more than just Corey Lindsley. This is expanded to the Packers' offensive line in general. But I think the Packers will win in the trenches when they're on offense. And I think that that will probably be a big part of being the difference in this game. And with guys like Lindsley and Elton Jenkins in the middle, I think Green Bay has a good chance to dictate a lot of the line of scrimmage. With It might be the difference in this game, especially if the Packers are without some key pieces like Kevin King. They might need to put up some points in this game, and that offensive line is going to be the key to doing that. So um, the reason Lindsley as the X factor is because he's playing – 
out of his mind right now. He's given up zero pressures through four games. He's pro football focused highest graded center in the league. He's the Packers' fourth highest graded player behind Aaron Rodgers, David Bakhtiari, and Jair Alexander. So the man deserves some huge, huge credit for what he's been doing there in the trenches for this team early in the season. And in a matchup that is missing, as you mentioned, Vita Vea, I think he'll dominate again on Sunday and allow the offense to do some really nice things. Yeah, is this you call for me to lead the Corey Lindsley apology tour? Is, 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 is that what that was all about, Kyle? Why would you do that? Well, remember in the past <laughs> I've been kind of critical of Corey Lindsley. I was going to let you off the hook. Throwing around terms like good but not great. And all of a sudden, he looks like he might be the best center in the league or darn near close. Uh, Maybe maybe competing with Jason Jason Kelsey and and a couple others for that title. um, Are you going to kick off the never... You talk about paying Aaron Jones. Suddenly, it's Corey Lindsley and pending free agency is a major priority. Yeah. Yeah, are you gonna start the never pay centers campaign? I, I the Packers <laughs> don't really give guys third contracts, so this is this gonna is be an true. interesting one. Um, let's <laughs> you let, say let's finish one. this. Let's finish this show with this, okay? Okay. Um, so this is weird because I don't think in two plus years you and I have ever talked about the Jets on this show. But <laughs> we're gonna talk about them twice in one episode. What? So there there are rumors floating that, that the Jets may be open to trading twenty nineteen number three overall pick, the third pick in the first round, Quinnen Williams, the defensive lineman out of Alabama. And of course anytime there's a high profile player, a big name that's thrown out on a potential trade market. Packer fans come running, and and they have lots of questions. Now, number one, Quinnen Williams has been solid as a pro, but not great. That being said, he is not yet 23 years of age. He will not turn 23 until December of this year. He is a big, athletic dude. Obviously, you get picked third overall. You have some traits that people are going to like a lot. Um, I don't believe he has had injury concerns, but don't quote me on that because I have not necessarily followed Jets football super closely um, over the last couple of seasons. But um, the compensation is probably going to be relatively high, and you know his contract isn't cheap as a, a top rated rookie, though it wouldn't be the the pricey contract of trying to, uh, you know, acquire a guy like Julio Jones, which would be basically impossible with the salary cap implications. Sure. So, you know, any thoughts on, on going after a guy like Quinnen Williams? Yeah, you highlighted his age, which I think is a big, big factor in that, like, he hasn't been the dominant player that I think they were drafting him to be, but... When the player is that young, I mean, I think you know that it's going to take a little bit of time for that player to reach their ceiling, and so it could be a buy-low situation for a team. If I think it depends on the Packers' evaluation of him all the way back to the draft. And I'm, I'm, teams, I think it's pretty obvious teams don't pivot a lot from what they thought originally. They obviously take the tape that they see in the league, but you see 
you hear teams and GMs talk all the time about how much they liked a player in the draft process, and then they come back around to them, you know, four years later when they're a free agent and they're still in love with that player. So if the Packers really liked Quinn and Williams as a prospect and they think, man, he's been a part of a Jets organization that is a total dumpster fire. Andrew, are the Jets bad? Is that why they're considering doing this? Is that is that what's happening? I have a theory that the Jets and Giants both have a chance to go 0-16 this season. So so they might might not be the worst team in the league, but they yeah. probably are. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason that you said you haven't paid super close attention to the Jets organization for the last couple of seasons, and it's because they're bad. Um, but, I mean, I think that's the reality. I mean, the Packers could look at this and say, you know, we can acquire a player who has a higher ceiling than his current situation, and we feel pretty good we can get that out of him. Defensive coordinators could see that raw ball of clay and say, let's do that. I will also say the Packers probably will hold pretty tight to their picks, thinking that they can make better decisions than maybe uh, the Jets did with this pick. So I don't know. I wouldn't expect it, but it would certainly be intriguing if it was something that, that came to happen. Yeah, I mean – it, it it is interesting when you when you talk about draft compensation. Mm-hmm. The the hope is the Packers will be picking pretty late in the first round. So if this was a situation where you had to trade your first round pick, you would you would think getting a, a really good twenty three year old you know he's twenty two now uh, going to be twenty three year old player at the end of the first round you, you'd, you'd be pretty optimistic about that mm-hmm. and and you're gonna get him on year three and four of his contract after this year, plus have the potential for a fifth-year option. And, you know, maybe you look at it as you're replacing Dean Lowry's contract with Quinn and Williams at the Mm -hmm. end of the year. I don't think it's going to happen. This is not a Packers move at all. The thought is very intriguing because having somebody who can play alongside Kenny Clark and then also spell him at times is mm-hmm. is really intriguing. And if there's one area on this roster that I am worried about, it's defensive line because they mm-hmm. just don't have depth there. And they certainly yeah. don't have star power after Kenny Clark. So, um, you know, I, it. It's it's intriguing the same way that all shiny objects are intriguing to me. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but um, you know it, it would be really interesting. And I, I, you know, there were a lot of rumors that Quinn Williams was the guy the Packers were infatuated with when they were picking uh, what did Rashawn Gary go twelve overall? Yeah. Um, yep. You know, so th- there was some talk that maybe they'd be willing to move up if Quinn and fell a few spots. So. You, you yeah, know who's going to call about it, right? Like, he's, yeah. he's going to ask, um, is it going to happen? Probably not. But yeah. it's fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah, it, it is fun. Um, is there any other uh, – I mean, we, we have some other fun things. It's kind of been a, a bye week where there's been a little bit of things in the news, not a ton. Uh, Jamal Williams had some things to say this week, and I was curious to, to hear your thoughts. Uh, he kind of made a joke about – and I think it's important to emphasize it. it was a joke, right? Right? But he said, uh, he said my quarterback would know that it was fourth down. So what do you think there? Well, so uh, full transparency for the listeners, I am partially involved in Game on Wisconsin, who has the Jamal Williams show. I, I, I will be contributing in the off season for their draft content. And so I do have some behind the scenes access to, uh, the, the guys who host the show. 
And they thought that, I mean, it was hilarious. It was such a great sound clip. Jamal Williams is, is a funny guy. He's really charismatic. You know he was saying this as a joke. And he he clearly didn't want to answer the the question of who's better, Rodgers and Brady. And he was deflecting that, and he made a really funny joke. And so, of course, the national media picked up on it. And yeah. I, it, to me, isn't like quote-unquote bulletin board material the most overrated aspect of all professional sports? Like, if you need some some lame clip like this to to get, like, energized to perform better, if you're Tom Brady, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I mean, this is bulletin board material. You're right, it's a national media thing, but it is, that's what people consume, and that is unfortunate. We are here as the Pack-A-Day podcast for a deeper dive into good sports coverage, so stick with us because you'll get so much more than this. You're right, I mean, this is this is a joke, Jamal Williams is making light of the situation, I don't think he thinks that Tom Brady is an unintelligent quarterback, he knows exactly what Tom Brady has accomplished in this league. And I'm sure that the Packers are very much looking forward uh, to having the opportunity to uh, to hand another loss to one of the greats in Tom Brady on Sunday. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is going to be a really fun week. Uh, it's going to be a really fun weekend. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Sunday. And, and uh, you know, we have you covered on the Packet Day Podcast leading up to the game. But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packet Day Podcast. You can catch Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday, and we are going to be back next week previewing the Packers' Week 7 matchup against the Houston Texans. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.